Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Paddock Pass podcast. I am here in Sepang. Um, it's the third day of the test. Uh, weather is looking really good at the moment. And I am joined today by a very special, very um, well-informed uh, journalist, someone who's been here for a long time, Manuel Pethino. Um, you can find his work at the pethinogp.com website, but also lots of other publications. Where do you write, Manuel? Hi, David. Nice to be here. Look, if you speak Japanese, you can read me at uh, Riding Sport. If you speak English at MCN in England, I also published in Italian Motorsprint. Uh, I published in uh, Indonesia also. So the one who pays gets the story. Yeah, that seems, that seems entirely fair. That seems entirely fair. Um, so we've, we've had two and a bit days of testing. Obviously we lost like, the first day of test a little bit to, to the rain. Um, there, I mean, it, it's been an interesting test because there's been a lot happening. Um, there seems to be a little bit of a shift in the, in the, in the balance of power in the, uh, uh, amongst the factories. There are some who have done better, some who've done worse. Uh, the new Michelin, uh, seems to, the rear tire seems to have more grip and that seems to have made a difference as well. Uh, what we're going to do is go through one factory at a time, give our opinions and what we've learned about them. And I think we have to start off with Yamaha just because they've had a pretty fantastic January and February is not so bad either. The, uh, obviously Fabio Quattraro right now, right now he's fastest. He was fastest over the two, the, the other two days. The bike seems to have a little bit more top speed. Um, Maverick Vinales seems to be quite happy. Valentino Rossi seems to be quite fast. Even Frank Morbidelli is quite fast. Um, what do you, how do you see Yamaha? Well, uh, Yamaha, I would, um, the headline would, the, they have done a real revolution, you know, revolution that has started with pushing Valentino Rossi on the side. That is a revolution after, I don't know, 20 years. He was pushed by Yamaha on the side and Yamaha put in front the two youngsters they have under control, under contract. And, uh, all the approach is different, you know, that apart from the, the, the riders, we have heard from the Japanese engineers that the whole company has been involved in the development of the new bike, not only the racing department. They told us that the aerodynamic department of Yamaha Motor Company, the electronics engineer, not only the racing. So it's a company, uh, how would you say, adventure or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, this is not just the racing department, it's the whole company yeah. which is really doing this. Is, is losing so many titles to Mark, is that why they're pushing this? Is it just they can't tolerate this anymore? Yeah, remember that in the last two years, they reached their worst results ever in the history of Yamaha in Grand Prix. So somebody at the company has said, okay, we have to turn the table. Yeah. I was speaking to someone the other day and they were saying that uh, they're quite impressed with uh, Sumi, who is now the head of the MotoGP project. Lee, um, he, he said basically he's not afraid to make decisions. Um, that can be a bit of a problem in Japanese companies where they need a lot of meetings to make, uh, to make a decision. But Sumi makes a decision said, no, we're going to do this. Yes, yeah, Sumi is a curious figure because we... We, that uh, people who follow racing, they know who Gigi Dalinia is. They basically know who Takeo from HRC is. But 
if if you have to put a face on Sumi, probably nobody would. He works in the shadow, you know, very quiet and physically. If you look at him, he looks like a student. It's very funny, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, how do you, I mean, it, it all looks very promising this year, but then we saw last year there were four Ducatis at the top of the timesheets and um, they had a good start to the season, but, you know, it was still Mark who ran away with it. Do you think that we're going to see really different results uh, for, for Yamaha this year? Look, it's... Uh, the most analytic rider we have in the paddock is Dovizioso, right? He says that he would prefer to have been an engineer than a rider. <laughs> but he, like what he says is true. And we will see it uh, in a few hours when the test finishes. We will see everyone saying, oh, we have done a, a step forward. We are happy. We are this and that. So uh, almost everyone will get out here happy. Then will arrive the first Grand Prix and everyone will get in, their pos in its position. But I think that there won't be too many changes in, in compared with what we saw last year. You still think that Yamaha are going to be the third? The, the, the uh, no, 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 this not. But uh, Yamaha, remember in Qatar, for example, they won in 17 with Maverick, I think, yes. And Ma uh, Maverick did podium also last year in Qatar. So... Mm, I think, you ask me, I think that it may be an adventure to say it now, that it will be a Honda Yamaha staff and Ducati will be evolved with Suzuki. You know what I mean? One, yeah. two, and then three, four. Yeah, yeah. This is what I think can happen. Um, what do you think? I mean, obviously, the, 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 now that we've got the factory Yamaha set for 2021 and we've got um, uh, Valentino Rossi has to make a decision. It seems like certainly at the press conference, he was more, he, he seemed to defer his decision even further because at first it was like, I need six or seven races. Now I said, well, maybe the summer break. What do you think? Obviously, the Yamaha looks a little bit better, seems to be a little bit faster. Do you think this, how do you think that's going to affect his decision? Yes. When we, uh, heard Valentino at the team presentation before the start of the of the test. I was really sad, you know, because I I think I thought I was um, seeing the end of an era. Mm. But after the two days he has been here, we have been here, and he has been riding. He looks very positive, and he's not doing bad. Yeah. So it's a good news, you know. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's a comfort to see Valentino more or less back, you know, yeah, because yeah. before the start he was like saying, okay, uh, with no results, there is no way to sacrifice so long. Yeah. And he explained very well, he said, three quarters of the year, you have to be 100% in MotoGP. Yeah. Press events, pa 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 pa. So it's only worth if there are results for Valentino. Do you think he would have lasted this long in MotoGP if there'd been 20 races, we'd been doing 20 races back in 2000, 2001, 2002. You, you know what the worst of what Valentino hates more of everything are the events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that in his contract, there were, when he was at the very top, two or three events per year, maximum, while uh, Jorge did, for example, 10 yeah. or more, and Valentino, two or three, not more. But now, you know, he's yeah. not the boss anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> so yeah. he and if he, more... if he goes to if he does go to the Patronus team, then it would be even more. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> even worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a very good team to be in. Very, very uh, pro- maybe the best satellite team in the uh, in the paddock. But then uh, you will pay for it in uh, in a, in amateur events. Exactly, exactly. Um, what about Honda? Obviously, it's really difficult to tell because Mark is back from his shoulder. It seems like this shoulder operation. He said that there was less pain but also less strength in his shoulder and, and the, the operation, it hit a nerve. Yeah, but uh, look, I don't uh, doubt about it, but we see Mark overcomes everything, you know. And yesterday he explained us very well that his plans were doing 27 laps the first day, 44 the second, he did 45, and today he was planning to do 55. So, like everything in Mark's world, is everything is very well planned. And he follows the plan, you know. So I think that the rest of Honda is a big question. Mark, his brother will suffer. Yeah. And yesterday, David, was at, you saw Maverick push a uh, Maverick, Mark pushing his brother yeah. on the track. Did you see him doing this with Jorge last year? No. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very interesting to see, you know. And what I don't know, I haven't spoken with him, I have to admit, is with Carl. I don't know which uh, his feelings are with the new bike and so well, on. Well, uh, Cal was say, basically saying that, um, like, again, the engine is stronger, but the the front end feeling, the, the thing that he was complaining about last year, uh, it was the same. It was it was, uh, it was was exactly the same. Um, it was, if anything, it was worse. He was looking for that same, like, uh, feeling that he had in 2018 uh, on the front end when he could brake deep and get the bike to turn. Uh, and he couldn't do that. He didn't want to, he didn't want to do that. So he, well, he wasn't very happy at all yesterday. It was also interesting because I think Mark said yesterday about, um, uh, riding a V, uh, about you riding a V to make the corner. So that's, you know, break in, flick the bike over, pick it up quickly and then get out again. And Cal was saying, that's not the way to ride. To, to ride fast with these tires, you have to make it. You have to. You have to use corner speed, and um, uh, and we can't do that with with this front end. So it seems like they are pushing in or wanting different things from the bike. But we all know who makes the decisions. Yeah, of course. Imagine who are they going to follow. And remember, yesterday it was when you you explain this right now. I remember yesterday when Mark talked about what he saw riding behind his brother. Mm. He said, no, he's doing well. He's putting a lot of weight on the front. He is pushing pushing very much the front. That is the way to ride this bike. It's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what you said. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's an advantage? Because do you think they are back at the hotel? Because obviously they're very close. Do you think they're back at the hotel talking about talking things through? Or is Mark keeping Alex? I, I think that all of the riders, especially Carl knows, how Mark writes. He, he sees the, the data. The di- One thing is to see it and then another yeah, thing yeah, is to yeah. do it, you know, because the theory, even us could explain how to do it. Then you have to do it. That's the, that makes the difference. Yeah. Ben Spies once said once when he was riding behind Valentino Rossi, he could see and understand what Valentino was doing, but he couldn't do it. When he was riding behind Casey Stoner, he couldn't understand. He had no idea what he was doing. All he was knowing, he was, he was just much faster. So yes, the story with Dovizioso, he told me, look, every time when Casey was test rider, he hated to see him because Casey came in the garage and told Dovi, look, you have to try to do this and this. 
And though he told me, I knew that he was capable to do this, yeah. but I wasn't. Yeah. So I returned back to the hotel saying, I am a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the one. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's a, I mean, it's always a danger having a test rider like that. How do you go, going back to Yamaha for a moment, Jorge Lorenzo, how do you see Jorge as a test rider in Yamaha? Because it seems like the bike was good when Jorge was on it. I have to admit that I didn't trust. First, I didn't thought that he would be a test driver mm. because of his character. He is basically a racer, but he has um, accepted that challenge. Then he looked like he is ready to race, yep. you know. But on the other side, one thing is testing, another thing is getting back to the pressure. But I am surprised. I have to say, I, I'm not going to say yeah, I knew when I ba 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 ba. No. I'm surprised of the evolution of Jorge. Two months ago, he said that he has lost the spirit. That and suddenly he, we have seen here smiling, you know, with a body language completely different yes, than the completely. one of last year. Yeah, exactly. I think also, especially if he can do maybe you know two, three wild cards in a year, it would be perfect for him because um, he gets to test, he gets to ride, he gets to race. But he doesn't have to do 10 events a year. He doesn't have to speak to us at the end of every day. It's just, um, every, every now and again, he turn up and he can take it nice and easy and at his own pace. Look, uh, having test rider at this level, there are two, two, two ways of, remember Casey. Casey, he came here and basically his thinking was doing a good lap to show the others. I am Casey and you should be faster. Yeah. And then we have, Pedrosa yeah. way. Pedrosa doesn't go out and doesn't test to show anything. He just works, but he's fast. Which Jorge, I think, will be closer to um, to Pedrosa. No, to Casey. Oh, Casey, yeah. yeah, to show that he is still a champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's it. There are different. If he does it for himself, or does it really for the team? Yeah. This is the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alex, Alex Marcus, I. Honestly, I've been quite impressed. He's been faster than I was expecting. I was expecting him to take longer to learn. Obviously, maybe Mark is helping him a little bit. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you how do you see Alex Marcus's progress so far? I um, I agree completely with you. You know, because it took five years for him to get Moto Two. He is a guy that we saw in the second half of last season that he's somebody that under pressure suffers. And obviously, in the position he is, he's under pressure. All eyes are on him. And basically, we all think that he's there because he's uh, second man, you know. But he's doing well, you know. He's progressing, but it's not enough. He yeah. has, he's a HRC rider. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. not enough to do well there. Yeah, you yeah. Know? exactly. I mean, HRC, you're expected to be on the podium, uh, at course. least. You can do okay at LCR or at Tech 3, but in a factory, you when you arrive at a factory, like always, I always say, you have to arrive learned. I mean, yeah. there is no, learning is before arriving in yeah. the factory. Yeah, exactly. The expectations and the pressure are very, 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 very different. I think also this is something we'll see when Fabio gets to the factory Yamaha team. It's very, very different from being in the satellite team. I'm, I'm curious, very curious towards the racing Qatar with Alex Marquez. There we will see the reality. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ducati, where are, where are Ducati at? It seems like the bike has got a bit more horsepower. It, it turns better. It seems like it's better in every way, and yet 
Petrucci and uh, and Dominic so Dean seem to happy, but they seem also to be most unhappy about the new Michelin rear tire. Yes, in Ducati, I think that the one that we have to listen to, with all respect, is to Dovizioso. You know, he's so analytic, he, and he is never extra positive. You know, yeah. he's so, uh, how do you say? Uh, it, he's, oh, he's, he's really dry. So <laughs> it's, it's like there's no, uh, he's never really, really high. He's never really, really low. When he's, I mean, sometimes you can see him really fired up, but even then it's, it's very contained. It's very controlled. His re realism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes is boring, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. at the end, he's there. So yeah. yes, he explained yesterday. He was so well about the tire that the the limit uh, of the new tire between it has traction, but then the the gap of losing everything yeah. they don't know yet. Yeah. And this, he says, look, we will come out of here, everybody happy. We can do long run tests, but we won't see the reality until we are in a race condition yeah. with the new tires, yeah. with more bikes in front of you, with all this fighting. He said, this you cannot reproduce in any test. Yeah, exactly. Because, because of the pressure, because the, you're forced. When you're racing, you're not on the ideal perfect line. You're forced into And you have trying. bikes in front that takes away the, wind, the, the, the air coming, you know, so many things. And this nobody says but uh, Dovizioso because he's so realistic yeah. Or, or, yeah, or conservative in his opinions. I don't know. But uh, he, as you say, he is not negative and positive. He's just plain. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But he, he, he does seem, he doesn't seem as optimistic as last year, I don't think. Uh, no, no, no. I have to say that he starts the season with doubts of what Ducati is going to do with him at the end of the season. You know, as you know, the relationships with uh, Gigi Dalina haven't been good since 2017. Mm. and they are still the best. Yeah. So they basically do their job. The engineer does it, but there is no further personal relationship at all. Yeah, yeah which, is, which is difficult. And also, I mean, it, it, the thing is, there's been all of this talk all over the winter, like who is who's Ducati going to sign? And that uh, must feel like a vote of no confidence in, uh, in him as well. So and it's not the first time because they hired Lorenzo because there was no confidence yeah. in him. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Can Dovizioso finish second in the championship again, uh, again this year? Or is it going to be harder this year? Harder, harder. For me, it's also very important Qatar. Yeah. Remember that he has won in Qatar no? last year and the year before, I think. Yes. Yeah. To Not to win will be a sign and not to get on the podium will be a disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if Ducati doesn't get on the podium in Qatar, it will be starting with a disaster. So for them, the race is very, very important. Uh, what about Jack Miller? It seems like there's going to be Jack Miller and Peko Bagnaia are also sitting waiting. Peko still hasn't made the step that we're waiting for him to make. Jack Miller seems to. He was quick yesterday uh, and he seems to have that little bit of swagger he seems to have that confidence yeah jack was fast uh in the second half of last year he's very fast but what the ducati is expecting uh from him is to learn or to to manage a race because yeah. fast he is but like dovizioso says it's no sense to be fast the first 10 laps and then you know uh, consuming tires and everything so you have to be a full distance racer, not just a, a fire of 
going up and then disappear. He has the speed, this is no doubt, but here you have to have more than speed. Yeah, there's only one lap that counts and that's the one where you cross the line at the end. <laughs> yes. uh, exactly. Uh, moving on, Suzuki. It seems also that Suzuki have made a big step for me. Uh, the fact that because last year they were both outside the top 10, obviously Joan Mir was a rookie, so that's acceptable. But I think, um, Alex Rins finished the test 11th or 12th, uh, quite, which is a long way behind. And now they're both sort of constantly in the top five. Yeah, Suzuki for me, it's an amazing brand. You know, you, I think we have spoken about this. Suzuki garage, there comes never any rumor out of the garage. I mean, there is, if you go in Honda, they, we had the story with Lorenzo last year. In Yamaha, we had for two years a big mess. In Ducati, there is never peace. And Suzuki, no noise comes out yeah. and the project goes step by step, yeah. progressing. And another thing that, it's my personal opinion, Suzuki is uh, historically a brand that is very comfortable in a second line position. Yeah. So they don't, feel comfortable getting into the fight between Honda and Yamaha. Yeah, yeah. This is historically, you know, that's why they win a championship every 10 years or every, now every 20 almost. But now with two these, with these two guys, I mean, Mir and Rins and the work of David De Brivio, st step by step. And again, without noise, suddenly they are challengers. Yeah. Yeah. They, are, they look like real challengers. Yeah, exactly. And they're probably the, they're either the, the fifth or the sixth least well-funded team on the uh, on the grid because it's I would between say the, the fifth yes yeah between them and Aprilia really yeah. um, so for, for for them to be as competitive as they are is it, amazing and and the good thing in in Suzuki and this is also what the team ex expects is that Mir starts to push Rins yes. because Rins if he has to be accused of some something it's of not being constant you know that he's up and downs but having a teammate that is pushing him we saw this in Ducati again with Dovizioso and Lorenzo you know yeah. that, that there has to be the garage is the first place where there has to be a real uh, battle yes exactly That's yeah it. yeah yeah um, the, the the new Michelin it helps Yamaha. It seems to be more of a corner speed tire rather than a drive tire. It's got more, it's got more grip. Is this also helping the Suzuki? Yes, both bikes. And I tell you a, a funny story because I think the first time they started to test this, the prototypes of these tires was in Barcelona last yeah. year. Immediately after the test, somebody of Honda went to Michelin complaining about that these tires were too much Yamaha tires. Yeah. This happened last year, you know. <laughs> I can't imagine that after that test, something of this can be repeated because, as you say, it's clearly an advantage for uh, Yamaha and Suzuki. Yeah. Ducati, uh, Dovizioso says that it's a problem or it's a question mark, while others like uh, KTM that is doing well, they say, for us, no big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So Honda will knock at Michelin for this. I can put money on the table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I spoke to Bradley Smith after the shakedown test, and he said that um, uh, for a while the the tires had sort of gone away from Yamaha, and now the tires were coming back to to Yamaha. But that was just the way that the development happens. The tires change through the years, and it gets a bit. At some point, it's a little bit closer to one the concept of one 
uh, factory and then it changes again and it moves closer to the concept of another factory. So the tide of, of development is moving in the direction of Suzuki and Yamaha. David, you, for your hearers, the people that follow, you should do a, sto a story that is very interesting with Michelin, how they do the developing so the tire is not especially uh, good for one. I, the, I spoke and they have a super interesting process to make a neutral tire. Yeah. So interesting. And it's an idea I give you, you yeah. should ask the Michelin people because right, well, it's definitely super, something super interesting. Yeah. yeah, because it, it is really difficult because you've got such radically different bikes. You've got a really short, high Honda. You've got a long, low, super fast Ducati. You've got the, 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 you've got the Suzuki, which I mean, it can. It's like a bicycle, agile, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the sight of Alex Rince riding around the, the, the outside of, of, of <laughs> other riders is just, and, and in the most bizarre places, it's just absolutely insane. So to have a tire which will roughly work for, for all of yeah, them. Yeah. Because the story is, what do the Michelin guys follow? What all the riders say, even the one who finished 20th or just the top riders, you know? So they have a very interesting process. You, yeah. uh, Right, okay, but that's uh, the, the story idea. Thank you very, <laughs> uh, very much for that, uh, for that, Manuel. You said look, Suzuki doesn't like to get in between uh, Yamaha and Honda. We know that for a long time, but basically since Qatar last year, um, the MSMA is broken. Yes. They don't talk. Um, they've, because basically Gigi Delinia or Ducati has broken the MSMA. Does this make, does this strengthen Suzuki a little bit? Does it mean they're less afraid of uh, Yamaha and Honda or is it just that, um, th that's the way the, 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 the hierarchy within the, within the Japanese factory? Look, I, I, I spoke with the MSMA. Responsible, yeah, the the representative, representative, and he explained me that since the day you say the Qatar, they just communicate each other through emails. <laughs> if they have to decide something, they don't sit together on the table; yeah. they just is on on the yeah. paper, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, someone, someone, <laughs> I talked to someone about that. Someone who is in the room at those meetings, and he said um, the meetings. It's not a meeting. We say something and back from the other side, we hit no. <laughs> so yeah, it's not, uh, it's not a, it's, it's no longer a collaborative process working towards this a better marriage rule, doesn't work anymore. No, 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 no. <laughs> no and uh, regarding what you said from Suzuki, one of the keys I think that Suzuki has done this step forward is the, the, the Suzuki team. If you look into the garage, they are two, three Japanese. Yeah. All the rest are Italians. So. You know, David Brivio, I think, has done a very good job, yeah. like pushing silently the team into an area where the Japanese wouldn't feel comfortable, but now they are there. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh. Well, we saw also last year there was the, uh, the, the, the Suzuki Racing Corporation. They set up a separate company so they can control their budget, which made difference, made working easier. You don't have to go to the board every time you want, you want Fast to spend money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's, it's, that's more of a Ducati Corse idea. It's more of a, uh, um, it's more of a, a European idea as it were. Yeah. W one day, another story we have to do together is why are most of the manager Italians? Yes. <laughs> and there is no Japanese manager. This is another question mark.
Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, exactly. Absolutely. Um, the the other thing about Suzuki is they have a very good test team. Sylvain Guintelli. He's not the fastest rider. He's competitive. He's not as fast as say Pedrosa or Lorenzo, or but he's been absolutely key. Absolutely key. Really important in the development of just pushing things forward step by step by step. Yes, one. He's on the side of Pedrosa. He doesn't test to sh to look nice to the others. No, he's a world superbike champion. No, yeah, I yeah. think so. He has his title, yeah. and in the job he's does, he has he's doing still doing is absolutely fundamental for Suzuki. Absolutely. Yeah. On to KTM because again, I think we have to talk about Danny Pedrosa. Yesterday he was third fastest. So the dude is fast. Um, also, it's amazing having a year seeing the difference he's made in that one year of testing because last year was a disaster for KTM only pole was competitive um, the having tech 3 helped a little but it was obviously a strain on resources so there was only pole Joan Zarco was um, you know wasn't useless here. yeah he wasn't here he wasn't here at all um, and Pedrosa came on and really pushed I think also concentrated the work of the uh, uh, of development into a direction. We're seeing this now because I don't think the KTM's have ever been as competitive around here. Yes, there are two things that Pedrosa, to explain Pedrosa. First, remember that it's the first time in years he is fit. Yes. But the first time, so he doesn't hurt the leg, the collarbone, because he has been, you know... Uh, for so many seasons, he never got yeah. fit. So now he's completely fit, so he can develop this. And then the, the first thing Pedrosa did when he arrived in KTM was to order the testing schedule, you know, because KTM has absolutely no experience in road yes. racing and they have so much wish yes. to, you know, they, they really push. I don't know. I don't know if there is a brand that really pushes that much. So it was a kind of a anarchy yes, system, yeah. you know? I remember, I think, uh, I think Paul Spargaro told us that uh, the year before, I think it was the year before Paul uh, uh, Pedrosa arrived, um, they tested one year, something like 17 frames. It was some insane number of, of um, and that was the other thing. Like when, whenever they go to a test, they have so much yeah, material like to test. Here. Yeah, exactly. And Pedrosa seems to be good at um, filtering out a lot of things so that there's less work. The method. He yes. has brought in the method, you yeah. know, the yeah. working method. That seems, no, we, with a, a fast rider is enough. No. No, 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 Especially no. in the testing, you yes. know, there has to be a very accurate method. And in this, when you speak with the people of KT, there are first they are amazed with the sensibility yeah. of Pedrosa, how he can understand and feel things, yeah. you know, on the bike. Yeah. I interviewed uh, Mike Leitner about test riders, and this was a long time ago. It was when he had actually hired um, Mika Calio as a test rider for KTM, and he said because obviously Leitner had worked with Pedrosa for so long, been, been his crew chief for so long. And the thing that he said was that um, what he'd learned from Pedrosa was because, because Pedrosa was so small, he couldn't use his body 
to, to force the bike to do something. So he had to feel and understand the bike to get the, to persuade the bike to do something. He had to get the bike to work. Uh, and that meant that his, his feeling and his sensitivity was so much more than other people. And that was why he'd, he'd hired Calio because Calio had the same, the same, the same problem, the same size. And he saw some of those same things. Yeah. And now we're seeing back with Pedrosa. He understands the bike better because he, he has to rely on the bike. He can't, um, you see Mark, especially Mark forces the bike to do exactly what yeah, he wants. He overrides the bike. Yeah. Every time he goes on the track. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even in the straights. I don't think there's a, <laughs> probably even in pit lane, he's already overriding Something the bike. Something about that, for example, uh, Jorge doesn't do. No. He pushes the bike until the, where the bike goes. Yes. And then the limit is there. Yeah. And, and Vinales, this winter, has I have talk, uh, spoken with him and he told me, look, last season I have learned something. And in this line, he said, until last season, I always expected more and more from the bike, every time. When I got to the point, I wanted more. But I have realized that at that point, the bike is what it is. So if you go, want to go further, it's you that you have to add to the bike. It's not, there's no sense trying to make the bike better than it is. Is this also what we saw? Because we saw really Maverick made the biggest step in the second half of, la of last year after he said, I'm not testing that. Throwing away the, uh, the, the, the carbon swing arm. Yeah, it was forced, throwing away the, the, the new exhaust. Uh, so for example, I, I was just down in the pits and I saw that Morbidelli has now got the carbon, uh, the, the carbon swing arm on there. So he gets to play with that. But it, it seemed like Maverick just concentrated. He was no longer interested in trying to, looking for parts to help him. It was like, give me the bike, let me understand the bike, and let's see what we can get, what we can do. In the team presentation, he repeated because it's inter Maverick is not a rider that speaks straight. His personality is, is what it is. So you, you have to read between line and you, you say also in English. And he was saying, look, if I have to fight for the world championship, which is my task, I cannot keep trying things. I have to use the four sessions we have in a, to prepare the race. So this is clearly saying, don't give me things to test anymore during the weekends, yeah. which was done in the past. Yeah. And that in this situation, Jorge could be a good help, you know, yes. because he's a very high level. Yeah. I can, he can perfectly test things that before nobody could test. Yeah, exactly. And maybe improve the bike, which then uh, Vinales can take and try to, you know, ride over what they, what, what's been given to him. David, and, and this winter, Vinales has been working on, especially on two, yeah, two, two uh, weak points he had last year. One, obviously, is are the starts. Yeah. So physically, he, in the gym, he was not training aero, but uh, explosive, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he tried to react quickly yeah. than he did in the past. Another thing he did, and this is so interesting, he, because he was riding in Doha for, you know, that he lives in yes. Doha, so he rides at the track there with a, a street R1. Yeah. And he's trying to get used to brake with one finger. Okay. Because Fabio, does it with one finger because the strong point of Fabio, this uh, was seen in the in the data, the transition between uh, uh, yeah. uh, releasing releasing, yeah, the, releasing brakes the brake and, and opening the doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
a maverick breaking with two two fingers, the, he has not enough sensibility yeah. to make this movement. So he has been training this during the weekend, the, the yeah, off season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another thing that they did was uh, the chief mechanic of Maverick was in Qatar. So even being a street bike, he went out on the street bike and then the chief mechanic changed the electronics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made, made that bike working worse. Yeah. So for Maverick, understand that when the bike gets worse, that is what happens during a race. Yeah. He has to yeah. give more or adapt, you know, and this look how they, they have been training all different points. Yeah. yeah Isn't yeah, that yeah. amazing? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's because we're like the details, so much of it is about the details. The details are becoming more and more important. You can't just, you know, get on the bike, ask for more horsepower or ride a little bit harder. It's surge. We're in the, in the point where even the smallest things are starting to make big differences because the field is so close. You can't suddenly find half a second like you might have done a long time ago. Yeah. It, it, Sorry to, to keep on talking, but you know how they, Maverick wanted to improve their start, his starts, uh, racing motocross races. Yeah. You know, his idea was to start in the motocross race where they all start in the line and then in the first corner. Yeah. It's like, but Yamaha didn't allow him. No, to do because that. it's <laughs> exactly because <laughs> motocross starts terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah because you, the reaction is what he needs and the, the intensity from the start to the first corner yeah. or to the exit of the yeah. first corner. That's absolutely the key. And it's also something that's really difficult to simulate because unless you have to be chased by people to, to give you the adrenaline to actually, to, to, to figure out a way to, That's to get, why to get to the cross is so good. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yes. Exactly. But it's also, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for one who gets 8.5 million that yeah, he's yeah. making, you know, to cut hurt in a motocross. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's an expensive mistake. <laughs> um, just to go back to KTM where, uh, where, uh, uh where we started the, how do you see KTM's project now? Obviously this was a, this was a five year project and this was actually a, um, this was a, a, a question from uh, Edward Abercrombie. He said, you know, this is a, they, they talked about being a five year project when they launched it as they enter their fourth season. Do you think they've made as much progress as they would have expected back then? Do you think they are where they thought they would be in the fourth year? And do you think they can be where they expected to be in their fifth year? Now here, I think they will get out here with the moral. Yeah. Morale, super, morale yeah, yeah. super high, you know, because what Danny did finishing third yesterday, yeah. this shows, even having done with a uh, very soft tire, but this shows that the bike is fast. Yeah. So. I think it was also Danny's fastest ever lap around Sepang as well. With a KTM. With a so, KTM, yeah. So for, for me, they are, because they are getting improving very quickly. The first three years have been a nightmare with, because riders getting hurt, all riders getting hurt, a new project, absolute no experience in MotoGP. That is so difficult. In road racing, they had zero experience. Not like Aprilia that they have tons of years of experience. So, but they are catching up. And now I am happy because what we have seen these past two days is very, looks very positive and very nice, you know, and seeing that they are riding. A problem they have, in my opinion, is out of the four riders they have, just one is more or less 
competitive. Yeah. Brad, for me, that is uh, champion in the future 100%, has to get used to the bike. Oliveira is unfit. And uh, Iker is uh, also a rookie. So, once again, it's just down to Paul, you know. But I am really happy and really glad that they, technically, they are getting there. Yeah, yeah, quickly. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's good. Cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Aprilia, finally, the big... I mean, it's a... It's a it, I mean, it's a completely new bike. It's, it's almost... Star, I mean, it was built from scratch. What amazed me was that... Uh, both when I spoke to Bradley Smith and also what Alesh said, like, you know, Bradley said, okay, we asked, there were three big areas that we asked, you've got, to, you've got to improve this. They improved those plus all the other areas. So it's like, it's like an upgrade absolutely everywhere. And Alesh was very, very optimistic yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can, I can get on a podium. I feel, you know, I believe that I'm capable of a podium and this bike is, is, you know, closer to something that, you know, maybe I can start to fight for, for top position. Yeah. Alesh is the complainer number one of MotoGP or has been so far. And yesterday he was so positive yeah. with a bike that has done has been on the track six, six days not yeah. more than that so yeah he's super confident and ob obviously there is there are some youth problems that has to have to be yeah. that have to be but it looks so good you know I spoke with uh, Massimo Rivola the, the, the manager of this project and Aprilia has to improve the manpower in 10% and the budget in 20%. Yeah. So they are really pushing. They have taken an engineer from Suzuki, the suspension guy from Dovizioso is now in KTM work. So they, Mr. Pierre, who is the boss, is still trying to, to build the team. That is the difficulty, you know? Um, um, the other thing, well, I mean, the other thing about the, about this new bike, this new Aprilia, is the uh, there's only two engines right now, and uh, apparently between the shakedown test and the uh, uh, and the, the the official test, they had to rebuild the engines. They they so they took them into the office and they had a couple of the engineers who actually put them together to actually rebuild the engines. Had to completely recondition them because normally you have like five, six, seven of these engines lying around, able to. So it's so it's so new um uh, but it, it really i mean it, it seems to be a lot more competitive we've seen uh, i mean uh, aleish be in the top position but this is it still too early to start to make predictions about where it's going for me it is but for them it looks like it isn't you know yeah, because yeah. they are super positive and something super interesting also you know that i asked where did they where this where was the where from the, did this project start? From the engine, from the chassis? And they told me, no, we have started with the aerodynamics. Mm. So for the first time, I hear somebody talking aerodynamics, then we build the, 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 the engine, but aerodynamics has been first. So for me, it's so surprising. So, uh, you know, because yeah. normally it's engine, chassis, and then the rest. Yeah. But, it's a different approach. Yeah, yeah, I wonder also if if the aerodynamic if they're using the aerodynamics because also you, it has a very uh, distinctive the intake has is changed a lot the the aero has changed a lot and if they're also they're using that uh, because a, a motorcycle is a machine which burns which is mixes petrol and air and and burns it to go fast if they it's the, the first is the air intake as long as the air intake and the res and the air resistance if you know 
how low your roughly what your air resistance is going to be then you know how much power you need to make because the lower the air resistance uh, uh, also if you know how much downforce you're going to create at a particular speed you know how uh, you can you can develop your cur your torque torque curve to, to to match that to so it's an interesting it's a, it's definitely an interesting approach and aerodynamics is here to stay in MotoGP it's not going away yes and they explained me that is also very interesting is that there is an aerodynamic that we don't see from the outside so they explained to me look through the intake how do you say whole or yeah the air intake yeah, the yeah. intake inside there are conduct conducts air yeah. conducts yeah. that goes straight to the ECU that heats up to the all the cables oh. yes yeah. because they said look in the bike everything now the bikes are so, so small. small that the heat the, it heats up the ECU gets yeah. a, a crazy temperature so they have special contacts to cool parts of so this is why when they stop they put the ventilator inside the intake yes. it's not to cool the engine it's, it's to, to cool the electronics yes exactly yeah and they said this is the part of the that is cannot be seen yeah exactly that's also because ducati have been doing that for a long time so uh presumably also so they, they this is something that they've been working on they must also have a duct in there to 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 cool the ECU because the ECU basically sits where the, where on a normal road bike the, the, the petrol would sit. Yeah, th there is no place, so you yeah. just have to put things where you have a small, and then you have to refrigerate this place. Yes. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Look, another story, and to quick to finish quickly, if you want, Suzuki. I don't know if you have noticed smells. Yes, yes, I did. I noticed that it was. Uh, I, it, it smells really nice as well. And it, it's almost, it was almost like flowery. Look, you know? I was in the pit lane. Then some bikes passed, and I said, and then I kept that edge, and it was Gintoli's bike. Yeah, prototype of yeah. Suzuki. So I stayed there, and every time they went out. It smells like yeah. it's a mix between perfume and uh, disinfectant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, okay. yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Like like a cleaner or a disinfectant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So then yesterday afternoon, Rince's bike started to smell like this. So they are testing something. So I went to David Abrivi and asked him, hey, your bike smell. Yeah. <laughs> what are you testing? And he just smiled. So asking engineers around, they explain me that they can be two things, basically. One is an, an addi additive. An additive, yeah, petrol additive. That, or it looks like, I am not a specialist, but it looks like that in Formula One, they use a kind of a spray yeah. on the engine that makes that, avoids the overheating. Yeah, okay. So avoiding the overheating in a bike allows to make the, the fairing smaller. Yeah, 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 yeah. So not yeah because everything is so, t you, you can say also, uh, because we never see the bikes without a fairing, but what we do see is the bottom part and they've all, all the exhausts are lagged. They're, you know, there's this tape and wrapping on them to prevent them from burning through the and exhaust. And the is so small. Yeah, it so is. So small bike. Yeah. So I don't know if it's in this direction, but it sounds good. Because, <laughs> because the, uh, Last year and the year before, especially I think the GP18, the GP18 really stank every time it came in the pits because the exhausts were right up against the, um, they were always just burning through the, uh -huh. the, 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 the bottom of the fairing. No, but in this case, they are testing yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very because you go there and suddenly it is. Yes, that's right. It is. It, it is. It's, it's like effort. It's like walking. You know, when you go into a toilet that's just been, where the cleaners have just come exactly, out. That's exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's exactly the, the smell. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's. It's quite nice. Uh, it's sort of like um, it reminds me of you know racing used to be the Castrol are that two strokes oh, that, quite that sweet well, two strokes. That was a thing. Yeah. It's exactly. Smell. It's a little bit of that. Right. Okay. Um, we have one last question and then we shall uh, finish. Um, again, from um, and Edward Abercrombie, the, cal the calendar is really long. We've got 20 races this year. It's going to be 21, 22 races soon. Um, how do people working behind the scenes for teams, uh, mechanics, PR people, feel about the increasing number of races e in each season? And are their views ever taken into account when a decision to add a round is taken? I think we can both answer that last question with a resounding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. The only um, uh, Carmelo Espelator looks at how much more money he's going to get from each race and uh, what it's going to, what effect it's going to have on TV rights. Uh, but apart from that, I mean, like, how how do you see the like twenty races? Because we had nineteen last year which I found already the difference between 18 and 19 is a lot more than I expected. 20 races. And four are coming. 20, then it will 22. It's a nightmare. You know, it's a nightmare for everyone. And there is a, in my opinion, Carmelo, well, it's about pure business, right? And nobody in the, in the show, riders, mechanics, for them, it's a nightmare. Last year, it was funny in the test of Jerez, that was uh, late November. The mechanics of Team Pramac wanted to put inside the garage a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> to like a, yeah. a message to say, hey, yeah. it's time to go home. <laughs> this is more like, and add to this another three races, no? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, also, I mean, because there are, um, I think there was a mechanic from one of the factories who he's on a factory contract and he's gone from the MotoGP team to the World Superbike team. He's getting the same pay, but he's only doing 13 rounds plus some, some tests. And he, he asked to do that because, um, I think his wife has just had a, has just had a baby. And so, you know, a young family. Yeah, exactly. Can exactly. we do something similar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're an attractive man. I'm sure you can find someone to do that for you. Um, it's, uh, yeah, for me, I mean, for me, 20 races is already the absolute maximum. I think 22. Uh, I spoke to a senior factory person the other day and they said 22 races is too many. You know, 20 is the absolute maximum. Um, it's also, it, because it also, it forces people in a certain phase of their life um, to make difficult decisions. When you're between, I don't know, 20 and maybe 27, 28, you can do it because you're young, you've got the energy. Uh, but then, you know, in your late 20s, you settle down, you have a family. Yeah, if you, you get in, the, in that wheel, it's very difficult yeah. because once you get in this uh, wheel and you are here for five years or six yeah. years, then it's very difficult to jump out because yeah. here, more or less, you make money. I mean, it's m in this normal world, uh, 
it's very difficult to make the same money you do here. So when you get here with 25, 26, and you start to make money, if you jump out, you have to give away 30%. You have to be ready to, okay, I'm going to make 30% less. Who does this when you are 30? Not that many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, to me, I think it's especially the the difficulty in managing because you there is a, there comes a point. I mean, I'm lucky; I can bring my wife to to to, to races, and she enjoys it. Uh, and there are other people, you know, you you come to races, um, but not everyone can afford no, it's to do that. It's very difficult to maintain a family. I think it's almost impossible. Look, with this schedule, you are you are on the road for 150, 175 days a year, yeah. and the best days of the year that yeah. means spring summer yeah. so if you have somebody at home waiting for you that person will not be waiting for long no, no, no. No. because she or he will be like um, uh, how do you say like being a viuda yeah, yeah a widow yeah, a widow yeah, or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, exactly. You're only you're only married for two months of the year, and then the rest of the time. And the you know, best again the, when they are barbecues, when you go to the beach, you aren't there. Yeah, exactly. And even when, uh, even if you are in the same country, then you've got something to do because that's the thing about you know MotoGP. It's a it's a sport, which means it happens at weekends. So you know, a weekend for me is is a work day. It's you know, it's it's not uh, everyone else works through the week and looks forward to the weekend. And, and for the one who are listening to us, we travel for work. Yeah. It's not, wow, you are going to Thailand. Wow, you are going, no, no, it's not like this. Yeah, they were, uh, there was some, uh, uh, were one of the factory teams were talking uh, over dinner the other night and they were um, uh, trying to figure out how long they'd been staying in the Samasama Hotel, uh, which is the hotel next to the airport. Because this this test in particular, you fly into Kuala, to, to Kuala Lumpur, you fly into the airport, uh, you walk, what is it, maybe 300 yards to the Samasama <laughs> Hotel, and then you drive the three kilometers to the track, and then you drive back from the track, and you eat in the Samasama Hotel, and you stay there. And it's um, you, you literally see you know a tiny, tiny... That's that's really all you see. Yeah, but then yeah. Because we test here, and we used to have two tests a year here. And for example, Yamaha and some of the Japanese factories use it as a, a, a have occasionally used it as a private test track. Um, uh, someone someone thought he might have spent a year uh, in the in the Samasama Hotel over the sort of twenty odd years that this racetrack has been here. So yeah, as you say, you travel for work, but it it's can, like it's like getting it's like getting the bus to work you don't get out of the airport especially here yeah, you know? yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yes yeah yeah yes well but said this there are worst much worse jobs than us 100%. you know the mine is much more yeah yeah worse so yes. it's yeah. okay yeah exactly yeah people who work on oil rigs occasionally whenever i complain they'll say well you know we're we're away for two weeks at a time, sitting on an oil rig in the middle of the North Sea, in the middle of the storm and the cold <laughs> and the rain. And, uh, so, so we shouldn't yeah. complain. We exactly. complain because we have to complain, but it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Well, thank you very much indeed you. Uh, for your time, uh, Manuel. Um, thank you for listening to the Paddock Pass podcast. Uh, you can follow us on the social medias, um, on Twitter at Paddock Pass Pod, on um, Facebook, 
Paddock Pass, uh, Facebook.com slash Paddock Pass Podcast. We have a Patreon, Patreon.com slash Paddock Pass Podcast, where you can uh, get money and hear exclusive content. We've got um, some rider debriefs up there. We'll, tonight I will give a uh, sort of my few uh, few moments of um, uh, of what i think uh, what i think of the test so far um and we'll have more and more exclusive content and we'll even answer your questions so uh, thank you very much for listening and to the next time perfect very long no that's the okay